Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Low Sodium Show. I am your host, Mark Lennon Crew Wheeler, and we are going to have a great show tonight. Um, we've got to recap the classic. We're going to recap this past weekend's fishing adventures. Um, we're going to just absolutely go hog wild, and it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, we're also going to talk about bait color. This weekend was interesting for, for for me personally. The main reason being that I don't fish a lot of clear water lakes. Not as clear as what we were fishing this past weekend. And it threw me for a curve. Colors threw me for a curve. Um, but quickly dialed it in and quickly got on some fish and had a great time. So with that being said, let me introduce to you the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matt Yakchum Trucks. What's going on, Mike? Hey, good evening, Wheeler. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on, as always. Uh, yep, as Mark said, all you low-sodium fans out there, we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, Mark went fishing at Lake Adda this weekend, and I already had a blast. Yeah, dude. I, <clears throat> you know, uh, we had a great time, and uh, speaking of great time, uh, I have the man that could get me there. Um, Mr. Uh, Jeff Singleton on the line. Um, hey, Jeff up? turned down his his radio. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, but yeah, we we went fishing on Saturday and had a great time, and and I think Jeff's gonna you know help me recap the weekend and what he saw and, and break everything down like that, and um, we'll have a uh, um. Sorry. Well, we we uh, got we, we kind of started out old school, didn't we? A little bit, and we'll talk about that uh, when we when we get to that segment. Um, it, was, it was very cool. It was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, had a great time. But just like always, we'll take a quick little my personal sponsor break, and um, we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Full Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foregrip. Made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Full Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Full Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect fly rod yeah. and get ready for some magic. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust nice fish. and help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. into it and we're going to start tonight by um recapping the classic for those that don't know the Bassmaster classic 
um, was this past weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and was amazing. Um, you know, I, I for those who don't know or who, who don't follow it, you can actually watch the classic go down online on Bassmaster.com. It's called the War Room. And basically what they do is you look at this thing called the Bass Tracker, which you can see as well, and they see where all the boats go and everything, and they break down what they're doing, what they're looking at. They bring in experts of the lake. They bring in guys that didn't necessarily make the classic, um, but, you know, names like uh, Rick Klun, um, you know, I saw uh, Byron Velvick, and, I, and a few other guys come in, and they, they talk about, you know, techniques that they're doing and, and just, you know, break down what's going on. It's awesome. You can learn I mean, in the day and a half that I watched it and listened to it um, while driving, my knowledge went up, you know, five or six pieces because of that. And, you know, I can't tell people enough during my seminars or anything else, listen, you if you stop learning when you're trying to bass fish in particular, you're, you're, you're really losing yourself because there's so many new techniques and, and new things out there. Um, and we're going to talk about one technique that I learned uh, just by happenstance. Um, uh, Zona posted up a, a, a small video, then he took it down um, during the, the classic. And it's a long lining technique, that the, is what they're calling it. And after seeing it, I went, I do that in the kayak naturally. Uh, so, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But um, let, let's break it down. Uh, Matt or, or Jeff, did you guys see any of the classic at all? Yeah, I watched. You and I kind of uh, sat there on uh, what was it, Saturday night? Yeah, it was Saturday night. You and I sat there pulling up videos and uh, and and trying to look and see. And, and and you know, since we are kayak, don't don't rule out the adventure uh, adventure fishing world championships that happened. That we, you and I were following at the exact same time we were following the classic. Um, True. I, I you know I. Just a, I, I never until until you you sent me that link chatting earlier in the day and said, hey, you know, here's the war, war room, check it out. I had never followed the classic, and to sit there and hear those experts get up there and start talking about techniques and and different uh, different concepts that I never even uh, not even in a million years would I have. Uh, thought of you know it's, right. it's a phenomenal wealth of information that was just right there at your fingertips you just had to be listening yeah i, I bookmarked every video every blog that, that i could find because those you know those, those things can you know help me down the road when i do you know make that that leap from kayak fishing to professional you know big boat stink pot, whatever you want to call it, angling. That, that's, you know, the stuff I'm going to need, you know, because I will fish Gunnersville. I will fish those, um, you know, those lakes that they're all fishing right now. And, and having that in my, my bag of tricks, you know, my notes, because I keep binders of notes, um, is, is really a, uh, a key piece of all that. Um, so, well, this is, I don't want to keep anyone else in suspense. Let's talk about who won the classic? Um, oh, let, me, let me ask. Let me ask a real quick question, Mark. 
Go ahead. With, with the, with the uh, growth of kayak fishing and kayak, kayak angling as a whole, how long is it before the Bassmasters series comes up with a kayak series? And and they they acknowledge they they acknowledge the fact that there are kayak anglers out there that are out fishing their best pros day in and day out. Yeah, I'd yeah, love to it, see them actually have a kayak division the same day as the boat yes, tournament. Yeah, that, that that that's that's my thought as well. I'm just you know throwing it out there to to the collective group of us. You know, what does it take to make BASS realize that, hey, we are a force that is to be reckoned with, and on a regular basis, we could potentially outfish your number one. And I think it's still a few years away. The main reason is is that there has half of what makes the BASS, FLWs, stuff like that, so popular is that at the end of the day, people get to see fish. They get to see weights. They get to see, ba-boam! You know what I mean? Now, with that being uh, said, you know, there are... That's, that's nothing more than a 12-hour wait away with a, 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 a video dump with their GoPros, you know? True, but, you know, at the end of the day, if it's a one-day tournament, you know, you want they, they want to see, you know, bass. They want to know what's going on instead of sitting there and, and just getting a picture, if that makes any sense. But... But, you know, you, what you're seeing uh, I, is is that there are tournaments out there now with bass boaters because now they're, they are learning more and more and more about, you know, the mortality rates of the bass and I, everything I, I else. Gotta, I got I to gotta argue a point with you here because when me as the guy that would watch be a, 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 bass, a bass masters, granted not the war room but the actual TV show, that comes out, that's not live. That's that's video clips that have been gathered all day long that are uh, edited together, and this is who did what. He caught this great fish, and what's the difference? I mean, granted, granted, your weigh-in is I'm showing you a fish, which in a kayak we don't have the luxury of a 50-gallon live well that, that, that will keep a fish alive. Um, right. But, but, you know, uh, for my opinion, the, the view and, and, and the take, that, that perspective from a kayak is a million times better than that from sitting up on a pedestal seat out on a, on a, on a bass boat. Oh, very true, very true. But what, so, what, what, the, the problem is, is that when you have a tournament like that and you open it up to the public, right, you want the public to come down and see the weigh-ins and everything else. That is a major draw for sponsors. That is a major draw for for pe- for for anglers to show up and fish it. Okay, that's one of the major things because they they that makes a lot of money for those sponsors. That makes a lot of money for the vendors. You know, for Bass itself, if, if they decide to you know you know charge a, you know to get park parking fees, if the bass can get a hold of that. You know, there, there's so many different variables to just, you know, the the weigh-ins, the live weigh-ins. Now, another issue, a lot of these lakes that these guys fish, the liability of 
of launching everyone from the same spot, you know, just you're going to have 50, 60, 70, 100, 200 guys stick, you know, in one general area. But with the advent of mothershipping, and this is something that was brought up in a recent conversation, so why don't we have certain points where your your logic has to go in and have, you know, uh, a launching and, and return point where we use um, pontoon boats, load up all the kayaks and the guys, they all launch, you know, they all take quote unquote take off at the same time, but from different areas of a lake. So that that adds another thing to it, you know. And they have to, have to come back to that point, you know, at a certain time, otherwise, you know, they're they're done. You know, there, there's a lot of things that have to go into it to make it successful. But with the advent of major league fishing, the Texas uh, uh, big bass, whatever you want to call it, where they're taking the fish, weighing them. And releasing them immediately adds a whole. It starts working towards our favor, and I think when they get all the kinks out of that and work around it and make things, you know, entertaining, and figure out how to how to get those those sponsors to really step up to the plate, you're going to see it come around. But I still think it's a few years away. Um, you know, every year, <coughs> what's funny is every year I, I watch the the war room or the classic or or well, I talked to one of the pros. Um, what's kind of funny is um, I talked to the classic champion in Richmond earlier in the month, you know, and and I mentioned kayak fishing. And he goes, "Yeah, I can, you know, that, that that's coming around." And you know, he's, he's like, "Man, I'm excited about that because he can take his kids out on a kayak, you know, much easier than than trying to drop a boat in a lot of the uh, RV spots that he stays at and whatever else in those little farm ponds." So you're seeing it pick up and catch it, you know catch on will it be next year no will it be the year after probably not but more of the kayak fishing community really blowing up the the area and more you know more of the industry getting towards kayak fishing remember guys kayak fishing really quote unquote hasn't really blown up um you know hasn't really came around since early 2000 2002 2003 Okay, the main reason behind that is, you know, guys were just fishing out of whatever, sit on tops in 2000, 2001, came out, out in South, you know, uh, you know South um, California, Southern California, and, you know, you didn't see fishing-specific boats until 2004, you know, and, and, you know, you're starting to see that advent of, of these, these boats and, more thought going into it, more for the angler, and not just as a wreck boat turned into a, um, you know, a fishing platform. You know, when you know, and and that's going to come down to Jackson. You know, and 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 I, and I understand Wilderness Systems had the rides and and the tarpons and Hobie had theirs and everyone else. You know, and, and Jackson really stepped to the plate and going, hey, this is a specific boat. You know, with the Kusa Four Rivers. And the Cuda came out. And this is a specific boat for, you know, big water. You know, and then you started seeing the big tuna. Now the big rig, which is a, a bass fisherman's, flats fisherman's dream. You know, with the stand-up bar and the super stability, but it still, you know, can be paddled like a dream. You know, you're starting to see these companies really step up. You know, the Commander, what a great bass boat that is. You know, and, and you're starting to see these things all mold together. And it w- won't be long before we'll see, you know... Yeah, on uh, you know, 
ESPN2, the, you know, Kayak Classic, Bassmaster Kayak Classic. You know, and, so, and so it, let me ask you a that, question, Mark. Great. Go ahead. So if, if, if Bass came to you and said, okay, you, could, you can fish our tournament, but you have to carry this, uh, you know, 90-quart cooler on the back of your kayak with an aerator plugged in so you can keep them live, would you do it? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. With the, with the, the, I mean, the kayak, kayaks if, that are out there now? For kayak fishermen, it's usually catch, float, or release anyway, especially I, if you go going by I, lake. I, I, I agree. I, I agree. But, you know, traditionally the bass tournaments are catch live well cull and and show up to a weigh in. Right. Yeah, and, you're and that, 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 that goes, that's where back. hang on, that that's that where, goes back to the that goes back to the comment of uh the the live presentation of it. You know, if if there could be a a tournament cooler designed that could that could just drop into you know eighty percent of the kayaks out there, and you could mount it in the back and and keep your fish alive in that well. Is, is that a, is that a feasible concept? Is that something? Is that something somebody from uh, Hook One, Yak Attack, any one of those guys can look at and say, oh oh, that is a great idea. Let's develop that to get these kayakers because that that's that's the key thing is a live well is it not that keeps us yeah out trust of, me you don't want water that. on the top of your kayak <laughs> well, oh here's here's I, destabilizes I, I the entire boat i agree here's here's the, the the here's the thing you can do that and how, this is how i'm going to explain how they could bring fish for a live way in okay is you would have to have a the whole thing videotaped okay and have them weigh the bass and log the bass, you know, so the video can see it, right? But what you would have is like the Texas Bass Classic, um, Texas Big Bass Slam or whatever it is, where that's what they do. They weigh them, and then they release them. But they, ha- but they have the ability to, if they catch a bass over 21 inches, to put it in the live well. And that's the only bass they can have in their live well. For us kayak anglers, what we can get done and do is have a cage or whatever that if you catch a slant donkey pig, put it in that cage, wait for you know an, a, a, a boat that just all it does is circle that area, that pontoon boat, let's say, and all it does is circle that area, hitting all the, the contestants, right, thanks to a, you know, a GPS that has, you know, something, or have, you know, each guy have a, a button. He pushes, you know, on, a, like, a GPS, notifying that boat, hey, I've got a big bass, come and get it. You put a coal thing on it, a coal ring, right? Put it in, in the, the a big live well to keep it alive. You get back to the boat ramp, you get back to the thing, now you've got a big bass to show people. That is something that we could do as well. But these are all things that, like I said, you know... And that's my main focus of of going and wanting to be in the in the the elite series, to be in the hey, opens and everything idea. else, is because if I can get there, I can be like, hey, you know, check this out, you know, I, I you know, you might not have a boat, but you can still get out there and fish with us, you know what I mean? And I can really get in the ear of Ray Scott and and 
you know. <coughs> oh, sorry. And all these Actually, guys. Actually, uh, Mark, uh, Chris Carlisle, uh, I want to give him a shout-out. He's in the chat room, but uh, he has a good idea there, too, that the mothership boat would be the actual uh, uh, live well. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, that's, okay. that's what I was saying earlier. Um, so you'd have all these things happening. <coughs> sorry. Um, that would you know, inhibit, you know, a crowd showing up, you know. And another thing is we need participation. You know, there are a lot of kayak anglers out there that, you know, go, oh, I'm not going to be in a, I don't want to fish tournaments because there isn't a real, and we talked about this on another, on another show, there isn't a humongous, you know, need to go in because, you know, you go in and you fish a tournament, you win the tournament, and then you get a boat that you don't really want or you've already got one. You know what I mean? But when you start seeing tournaments, which are starting to show up more and more and more, that are, you know, cash payout. Like, you put in 100 bucks, you win, you get three grand. You know, that's when you start to see more, more competitors showing up. And there are a lot of guys that say, hey, I just don't want to, to, to fish tournaments. And that's fine. But when you start getting that, that background, you know, when, when, you know, Hoover really gets into it, when, you know, uh, uh, Forrest uh, Short, um, you know, uh, uh, Juan Verut, and all these guys start really fishing these bass tournaments hard and, and really putting the wood to them and really doing well and really advancing in the sport. Uh, not not, not that, that they're not doing it already, but, you know, really making things, ha- you know, shake and bake is when we'll see that, that, that progression. But, you know, five, six, seven years, definitely. Um, you know, this is this was the 44th uh, Bassmaster Classic. My goal is to be in the Classic by the 50th, um, qualify for it, and be fishing in it. So, you know, that's six years. Will it happen? I'm going to try my damnedest. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, it's a great opportunity, you know, for you know kayak fishing in general because once I'm there, you know, nothing's better than seeing you know a Jackson kayak or you know whatever there on, on, you know, being promoted, you know, for me to go and, hey, you know what, I was out there, before, you know, in the, the pre, pre-pre-fish for the Classic, and I went out there in my kayak, and I found these bass, and I came back with my big boat for the, for the you know, for the pre-fish, that, you know, just last week, and I hammered them in the same spot, and I wouldn't have found them if I wasn't in my kayak to begin with, because I would have just passed them up, because I can fish slower in the kayak than I can the big boat, I found the bass, and I was ready to kick them. That right there would, I believe, because, you know, you're, if anyone saw the classic, and please, it's going to be on ESPN2 and ESPN and everything else this coming weekend. You look out there in the crowd, and there's 50, 60, 70,000 people packed house watching fishing. These guys weigh fish. It's huge. It's, it's a huge thing for the sport that, that we can, you know, that... that can really be tapped, and um, I really think it could be, you know, a, a great thing. That's why I do the show, folks, and that's why Matt does it. Is we don't do it for we do it to to not for the money because we don't get paid a dime. <laughs> it's to make the sport better. And if you can walk yeah, away from it's the love of the sport to to spread it, yeah, to, to keep the sport going, um, exactly. I, that's becoming a big problem. That's why you got to take kids fishing. But um, 
Yeah, we do it for the love of it and the enjoyment of it. That, that's what we get out of it. True. You know, and and that's and and and, and, fr- and from the guy out there that's just recently kind of jumped in here in the past couple weeks, and dude, we appreciate it because. I, I guarantee you I have learned more from talking to Mark and listening to Mark than uh, um, than you can imagine. You know, just just the words of wisdom he threw as I was throwing something out there this past weekend. And he said, no, put your rod tip down or raise your rod tip and twitch it like this or don't twitch it. I, it you know, it, it's about getting it out there and educating everybody. And I, right. I, I appreciate it, and I'm sure everybody else that isn't actually dialed in right now appreciates it. Uh, and I, and you know, that's y'all the ones that when I when I give a seminar or I do the show and I get a response um, back from people going, dude, uh, you know, let's say it's crankbaits, dude. I've been running crankbaits for ten years, and I hate them to death. I just cannot throw them. I listen to your show. You explained something, and I went ahead and went out. You know, I wasn't catching anything. I tied on a crankbait on a whim, and I remember what you said, and I did it like you said, and I caught the biggest bass of my life, and I've actually had three or four of those you know, responses back. That's huge. That means that you know, I'm impacting folks. And, and uh, you know, please, if, if you learn something or you have a tip, send it my way, please, and we will get you on, and we will get you, know, get you rocking. And- um and, and let me let me let me just you know from from my perspective from that outsider looking in, when when you're that guy if if you get the opportunity to fish with somebody like Mark who 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 who's done it more and who knows it you know a little bit better than you, if he corrects you and says try it this way don't take it personal I have seen so many people in my in in all the years I've fished. Um, take constructive criticism negatively like i'm better than you i know what i'm doing you don't if you don't fish my way you're not going to catch anything but listen to constructive criticism don't take it as an offensive attack take it as just that constructive criticism and and try and learn from everybody instead of getting offended i actually watched oh this is an old bass master we're talking like 1993. It was on Bugs Island, uh, which I'll be fishing here in a few weeks in, a, in one of my first majors. Um, and it was a video of KVD with his co-angler. And KVD was doing something the co-angler boats a fish. And KVD looked down at him and you know said something. The guy looked up, said something, and, you know, and, and he showed and he did a you know a hand motion. You know, and you see Kivide spin around, throw the bait, start reeling in. They were using the same bait. Start reeling in and do that hand motion and immediately hooks up. If KVD could do it, you can do it too. I mean, you know, this is the best bass fisherman in the world. And a guy tells him, hey, this is what I was doing. And he does it and catches fish. Um, I'll tell you guys on the truth, I'm, I'm not too proud to learn something new or do something that's correct for that body of water. Because you can fish literally... Like, for instance, Bugs Island and Lake Aston. Same body of water, right? Same, same water, comes from the same source, everything else, but there's just a dam in the middle. You fish uh, uh, Kerr, is a name for bugs. You fish Kerr, 
you know, with a, a, a white spinnerbait all day long and catch bass. You use a white spinnerbait down in Gaston, all you can do is catch, uh, um, you know, stripers and, and big crappie, right? But you switch that up to a um, bluegill color, you're going to be killing them. And that's the, the but, difference you know, between it all. That, that, goes, that goes back to Saturday when we were sitting out there, you know, I caught the first bass. We we worked uh how many how many boat docks I don't even remember um before we actually caught that first fish. And I had paddled ahead of uh Mark and Zach and I was kinda around the corner, probably almost a quarter mile away and and, and we, we had a little gentleman's bet on first fish, biggest fish. So I'm out on this I'm out on this flat uh, and I'm throwing a uh, lipless crankbait, and I'm just ripping this thing. And boom, it hits. And I go back, and I paddle back over. And, of course, they're going to give me the hard time of, yeah, you don't have any proof. Where's your fish? And granted, I took a picture of it so I right. could prove it with the timestamp. But the first thing Mark said was, what were you throwing? How were you, how, how were you fishing it? And I said, light-colored lipless crank, and I was ripping it. And, uh, you know, further on in the day, as, as, as we analyzed where the fish bites were coming, we realized it was light-colored lures retrieved fast around wood. And, and unfortunately, it all, the big picture all came together, you know, when, when we were at the end of the day. But Mark, who knows he has much more experience fishing the fishing largemouth than me looked at me and said what were you fishing what, what how did you catch it and it, it's it's a matter of look at what's around you listen to listen to who's around you and 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 learn from it yeah um so let's get right back on on topic here for a second before we step back into the anna thing we're going to break down the top five how he caught all those fish, um, and um, for those that don't know, Randy Howell uh, won the Bassmaster Classic. Congrats, Randy, with a total weight of 67 pounds, 8 ounces. Um, he brought home a little over $300,000. That's just what Bass gave him, not what all the sponsors gave him and everything else. Um, so he, he's doing very, very well. For himself and for his uh, wife, Robin, and his two boys. Uh, Randy's a great guy. Met him, like I said, a few weeks ago. Um, very cool dude. Very humble. He's going to be a great, great ambassador for the bass industry. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a win win for everybody. Um, Mr. Paul Mueller. This is his first Bass Master Classic. He came in second with 66 pounds, 8 ounces, lost by a pound. Um he brought home 45 G's, and, you know, that's just impressive anyway. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, I can't say enough about Paul. He's a guide. You know, th- with this, he's going to really blow blow up the, the fishing world. Very good angler and uh, very cool to see. Third came in Edwin Evers. Four, Ott Defoe, a fellow Orca Coolers. Pro staff guy, love that. And number five was Randall Tharp, who everyone was saying he was going to win the Classic. Um, but uh, he he showed them. That's the best way to put it. Um, now let's talk about how Randy caught these fish. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm, first day one, day two. I'm not gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about day three and what he did. 
that's going to lead into the other two segments here in a minute. Um, what he did was kind of crazy. He went to a spot he fished the day before, found some fish, um, but he was actually going to a different spot to start off the day, but changed it. Um, and watch ESPN, please. Trust me, you're going to want to see how he did, does this. It's amazing. Gets there, puts a crankbait on, throws a crankbait, immediately hooks up, boats four fish. Okay. I mean, just, just amazing, amazing fish on a rocky uh, dike bank next to a bridge. And he was just destroying them uh, uh, over there. Um, now, the bite stopped, and he did something that we take for granted. And, and, and I think Jeff saw me do this several times, is the bite would stop and, or, 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 or be non-existent or... You catch one, you're trying to catch another one. He changed baits. He could see the fish on the fish finder, but he went ahead and changed baits up. He went to a little sh- uh, little deeper of a bait, uh, Livingston Lures, um, prototype bait, which sucks because I really want that bait bad. And <laughs> he went in and started catching the bass again after they stopped biting in that area. And he, did, he did, literally moved maybe 100 yards in this area. But we're still catching bass. I mean, one after another after another. That bite stopped. He switched baits again to a, a stick bait. A lipless uh, or a, a weight, weighted uh, stick bait. And started catching him again. That's when he caught his seven-pounder. Okay. So, you know, that that's the big thing was he knew when to go in and when to to change baits and, and make them re-excite themselves. And that that's huge to have that knowledge and have that base. Um, now, what I did, I, I do this all the time. If I catch a bass off of a spot, bass are not solitary creatures. There's always a few of them around. If I hammer a bass and I don't see any followers, and I throw it back to the same spot with the same bait, and I still haven't gotten a bite, I'll switch lures to get that second bite, to get that third bite. Um, and, and I've done it many and many and many and many times to put not just one bass in the boat, not just two bass, but five and six, which is humongous. Um, you know, and, and really, really matters in, in the end. Um, but talk about the classical fast. When we come right back, oof. Um, when we come right back, we are going to jump into, um, this past weekend, talk a little more about that, my techniques, Jeff's, uh, what Jeff saw, and then we're going to talk about bait colors and how much they really matter, um, on that lake we're fishing at. So we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com.
All right, folks. I'm, I've been talking about this company for a while. They are my sponsor. So start taking notice the Tommy Head Jig. The best jig, all-around jig you can buy. Regular like a jig to flukes to whatever. Calling it with a crawl. Go with Tommy Head Jigs. You will not be disappointed. So go to TommyHeadJig.com. Right now. Pick up a pack and find out why so many anglers are using Tommy Head Jigs. Again, go to TommyHeadJigs.com and catch a fish. past weekend uh and 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 what happened how i fished and and what happened and what how how i broke it down um drove up to northern virginia on saturday and met with um jeff singleton at his house um jeff's a great guy uh you know can't say enough about you know how much fun we had that day and this whole weekend for that matter um and we were planning on fishing a few lakes but I got up there late and didn't really want to deal with crowds because it was the warmest, first warm weekend we've had and everything else. And we tried to find a body of water. Everything was blown out and blah, 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 blah. So we decided, you know, let, let's do some old school, you know, bank fishing. And uh, we hit a few banks and, you know, had a, uh, had a really good time. Uh, I got a, a layout of the area. Um... And 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 an area an area we're definitely going to have to focus some time on this uh, summer. We've identified a few of those. Yes, you know, and and coming back and looking at it, you know, I'm definitely going to be up there a few times this year fishing for those snakehead, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but had a great you know learning experience up there, figured things out, and uh, you know. Had uh, some amazing pork chops, some Zatarans, really good stuff there. Uh, <laughs> thanks to uh, uh, Jeff's wife, and uh, Kira enjoyed some. Is her name. Yeah, Kira. Uh, I'm so bad with names. Um, but having had some uh, adult libations and you know enjoyed ourselves immensely. It was it was a good time. Um, Wait, you know so, Saturday was National Margarita Day, so it was it was, and, and we partaked. Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, we got up early. Yeah, did, 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 early you want to, did you want to cry as bad as I did when your alarm went <laughs> off on Saturday morning? I mean, Sunday morning? Uh, yeah, you know, the... Yeah, the, it was rough. Luckily luckily enough, I had some some Advil in hand and uh, and and really pounded the liquids hard. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, the, it's the simple fact of, you know, we were, we were about ready to go fish a lake that was you know, an hour and a half away, and we wanted to hit it at sunrise, um, which, you know, typically me, I, I don't know about everybody else, but me, when I when I fish, I'm typically fishing something 30 minutes away at most, and if I want to hit it at sunrise, I have to get up. 
and you know, you know what time sunrise is in in the winter. It's uh, and it just it was really really early that day. It seemed. Yeah, well, it doesn't help. We didn't go to bed till like midnight. So. Um, yeah, well, you know that's that's not that that's that's our fault. But um, you know, we get up early. We we make the trek to Lake Anna, and uh, I, I mentioned this before. Lake Anna is split into two parts: the warm side and the cold side. And it's a hydro nuclear, whatever you want to call it. It's cooling a cooling area. reservoir. For, it's a cooling reservoir for a nuclear power plant. There you go. So we get there. We and the weatherman screwed up again, saying it was only supposed to be you know four mile an hour winds. It was blowing fifteen to twenty, but it's fine. <laughs> we, we make do. Um, and uh, my perceive my thoughts going into it were okay let, let's just let me think about this for a second we've got bass that should be moving up for the spawn pre-spawn time time frame so you know things like bluegill shad you know um you know all those forage baits are going to be be key when we got down to the ramp i looked down and i see these little pockets little little potholes all over the place and i'm going bluegill there are a ton of bluegill so i tied bluegill colors on um on a few of my baits and you know we launched we started fishing i had a few bites around the docks you know and everything else and places filled with docks you know trying to find the pattern trying to find what they were doing you know running a a shad colored spinner bait and everything else which they didn't want to hit and it could also be coming down to we hit those spots at the wrong time you know, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We can go back and and think about it and look and be like, okay, maybe we want to hit those places, you know, later in the day or come back to them because I did have bites, I did have, you know, taps, which let me know that we were doing something right, just not right at that time. And um, like Jeff said, he made it around this corner ahead of us, comes back saying, I got a bass. And that's when we broke it down even further. You know, what'd you catch them on? A light-colored crankbait. Which, didn't I tell you that was going to be a good crank? Um, and, you know, how'd you catch it? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you burned it. All right, cool. Changed up a bait to a, a, you know, a red-eye shad, made it around that corner. And that's when I saw the bottom composition. It was about four feet, three to four feet with wood. And I'm like, okay. Wood's a usual thing. I usually see, you know, you usually find bass on wood. Didn't really click. Came around, caught another bass, and that one is when I looked at the, it was the first bass I caught, right there on that point. Um, And this is how important it is, and just a slight color change, is Jeff was throwing his on that same point in that same area, right? I slid in not 20 seconds after he did, Threw up behind, right where he was throwing, with a different colored uh, a lipless crank, burned it, and caught my first bass. So that tells you that, or tells me, more importantly, that that was key, was, you know, that, that color. Plus, throwing it set at the spot several times to get them to bite. Burn over top of them, get their interest. Comes over top of their head again. Ah! Comes out over the third time. That's when they hit it. And it was about the third or fourth cast that I made before I hooked up on that one. I had to run it through the same spot. Um, 
you know, and we kept on going, and I threw a lot of baits off. I was trying some new things, um, and, and it wasn't <laughs> working very well for me. Um, but near the, you know, midday is when the bass really turned on because, you know, the sun came up, they could see, and things really became active. I mean, there was a, a cove that, you know, Jeff hooked up, Zach hooked up, another guy that we were fishing with, and, you know, uh, you know, I... I hooked up on two and, you know, hooked up on another. And, you know, we, we had them down because at, at that point, you know, I caught one on wood. Zach caught one on wood. I caught another one on wood. You know, we the, the, the wood, submerged wood was the thing. I caught two off of a dock that was wood. You know, so that pattern started to pick up. And I started, you know, that's when I was telling these guys, listen, forget everything else, wood. Wood structures, wood in the water, stumps. Throw if you see it, throw it. And you know that's when we started catching bass. Um, you know, and and we kind of. I really wish we would have went back through there because I really think we could have done much much better. Oh, we, um, we would have had so much more time. Yeah, Zach. Unfortunately, it had a phenomenal. Um, but um, we hit the other side of the of the la- of the lake and. We tried around some rocks, weren't producing. And everyone that was fishing there said they weren't catching anything on the rocks. Came around the corner of this point, and there's not a whole lot of, of – there's not, little to no structure in the, on that side of the water. Um, and, and really not as defined as what we were finding on the other side. And, um, you know, as soon as we found a laydown, finally – you know, uh, Jeff picked up one. We had a bunch of follows on really small buck bass. And that was one thing I was saying, too, was, you know, let's find those spawning flats. Let's find those flats. But we weren't catching them necessarily on the flats. The bucks, the buck bass that we were catching, and I did lose a big female, and it's still driving me insane, um, <laughs> is what, what we were catching them on were on the, 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 the flat right next, to the, right next to the deep water. So they were just moving up to start making beds and it was all buck bass you know it wasn't the 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 big females yet except for that one that were moving up they were they were staging to get ready to make babies okay so i you know the the timing was was somewhat right you know in two weeks it's going to be on like donkey kong um but you know that was the thing that we were realizing and showing you know and and zach he was you know i want to break down everyone's presentations that i saw um, and ending with mine on the last one. And, and the lipless crankbite was the thing. Zach was fishing a lipless crank with a yo-yo pattern. Basically, he'd cast it out, let it sink, and rip it. And rip it. And rip it with big strokes of the rod. I think he caught one like that. Um, and actually, when he was... He'd make a bad cast or whatever, and he'd start screaming it in, he'd hook up. You know, and, and he, he kept on going back to that yo-yo pattern. Um... You know, but that was the thing. Screaming it in. Um, you know, Jeff... Yeah, he, he, was, he, made the, he made the comment later in the day. He said, these bass are following like it's late April. Yes. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And that, you know, that's just why I'm... Yeah, I had to break it down. Is you don't have to fish the time of the year. You fish the water temps. With that being said, when it comes down to the spawn... Like we're, we're pre-spawn, spawn. What we were finding is 
it really solidifies that whole knowledge or whole base of, um, you know, it's not necessarily the water temps that get bats to spawn. It's the, you know, the moons and the length of the days that really make that happen. We got a new moon coming up this weekend. I think we're planning on fishing Anna the weekend after. Is that right, Jeff? And that should get the spawn. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's, that's, start that's finding those big girls. Because if we start and get right near that new that that full moon, that split in between, it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. So that these are all things that we had to break down. Jeff, you know, he was throwing different baits. You know, he's a wacky rig guy. So you know, finesse tech that, technique and, guy. And you know what? That that was the only dark colored bait we caught a fish on all day. And actually, your Dark color bait is the, one of the lighter baits I've seen. It's that watermelon with the the almost clear a, belly. It, 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 Gary, it's, it's, it's a it's, trans- it's, it was a limited edition Gary Yamamoto watermelon slice where it's that it's that watermelon sank it's that watermelon with red flake uh, senko, but the underside of it happens to be almost translucent, but a concentrated amount of flake and. Right. And th- yeah, so you had a light side and you had a uh, you had a dark side, and that was the only like I said that was the only dark colored bait that caught a fish all day. And I yeah. hate to say it, but it also caught the smallest fish of the day. That thing, <laughs> I, I swear, I, I swear, if you doubled that uh, five inch uh, senko, it was longer than the fish was. Right. But but you know it 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 it, it demolished it on the drop. Yeah, and you know that's that's where, you know, it's and that, and still. I, I got to say that was a really funny uh, dock that we fished because Zach, we we had all kind of been focusing on the back end of the cove and the uh, the opposite side of the cove, and Mark and I were back in in further back in the cove, and he goes, Zach just hooked up, and. I was in two, three feet of water, knowing that there really was. From what we'd seen, there wasn't anything that shallow that that day. So I was about ready to work my way back up front. But boy, I hear, you know, we've just hooked up at the uh, front of the cove. Paddle up there. Unfortunately, it was a catfish that uh, had swiped at his lipless, and right. he managed to hook up. And I look across and I see a boat dock that I'd kind of been eyeballing that I wanted to go over there to. It was almost like a race. Mark and I paddling to see who could get to the boat dock first. And sure enough, I got there, I threw my lipless, and it dropped in perfectly just past the corner, about five, six feet, so it could sink and I could uh, hit that front corner of it at, 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 at depth. And boom, first cast on that corner, I hook up with the second biggest fish of the day. And uh, to, to the point where I almost went home with first and biggest by an inch, you know. Almost. But uh, almost, almost, almost doesn't count except for in horseshoes and hand grenades. But, uh, but yeah. Um, you know, they, that, it, it, was, it was funny. Get to the, get to the shad and... Why it all? There, why it all? Yeah, I mean that's what it boils down. The, to. the 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 thing that what I was seeing were the bluegill beds, which tell me that, that there's brim there. First off, 
okay, when you see potholes about the size of a softball, that really tells you that there's, a, there's brim in the area. And I was seeing flats full of them. But those bluegill, I think, were still sitting with the bass. Okay, and when, this, when you have something like that happen, when a bluegill color won't catch them, trust me, I had a dead ringer bluegill bait. It looks like a bluegill, smells like a bluegill, tastes like a bluegill, it's got to be a bluegill kind of situation. When they won't touch it, when I know there's bass there, but they'd hit the translucent, light, white-colored baits, it tells me right there, the bass aren't keying on the bluegill, they're keying on shad. And that's why those white, translucent baits that we had were doing so well. If you had a silver bait, like uh, 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 Zach was throwing a, a silver uh, lipless, he wasn't getting the bites. I, when I finally threw off my last sexy shad color um, and switched to a metallic color, I caught one. I had, to, I had a swirl on another. But I think that was more of me just blowing it by and having them hit. You know, we're, we're all things that, you know, really helped. You know, and, and I kind of, you know, kicked myself in the butt about it because I already had a knowledge of this lake. And, you know, one of the, the guides swears to, you know, uh, the, the great Jeebus that, you know, white flukes, weightless, you know, uh, you know, twitched in are just killer. And I didn't listen and... and killing me inside um but uh you know you that was the thing is you know i even switched up to a crawl pattern thinking you know around rocks maybe they could hit that didn't want it and then it really solidified the, the shad as we were coming down the bank and zach saw fish paddled up to it and it's a shad about nine inches long yep. and i looked at the first thing i did was like i hit it with the paddle to see what it looked like and it was all it was silvery, as, almost translucent, it, with a it was black, as white as back. a piece of copier paper. Yeah, the sides were as white as a piece of copier paper. Which is that little sliver of black on its back. And as soon as I saw that, yep. I looked at them and I was like, "That's the key right there. That is the a, that is the mother load." You know. So now a, we know that, that is why our light baits are uh, working and dark baits aren't. Yep, 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 yep. You know, and and, and that that's what really matters on a lake sometimes. You could go in there with a preconceived notion, folks, and I'm and I'm and I'm gonna, you know, get right into this. You can go in thinking, that's how I'm gonna go at it, because there's bluegill. And, and that's what I did. And not catch a damn thing and go, Why didn't I catch anything? The guy next to you was catching them all. Why? Because he was using a light colored bait. When it come and this is a very clear lake and I didn't wasn't expecting it is the best way to put it because every other lake around it looked like really good chocolate milk or really water uh, uh, milked out coffee. Okay, just really. I was really thinking it was going to be dark, dark and dingy. Get down there, it wasn't my fault. But now I know that yeah, even when we, it's the we figured worst, it out. Yeah, we figured it out after a while, but, you know, getting there and being prepared, that that's the biggest thing. You know, if if I, if we would have known ahead of time it was going to be crystal clear, you know, and they were going to eat the, the, the shad-colored baits to start off with, 
Dude, we would what have all been. What would you say? What would you say? Our, our visibility was was what? Probably four to five feet on the Five to six feet. Five yeah, to six feet. Uh, easy. easy. I would have said yeah, four to five. You say five to six. That's close enough. You know, there there were some areas where the boaters had already been in there, and they've already kind of screwed around. Um you know, and muddied it up a little bit. And I want to mean muddied it up, maybe a half foot less of visibility. You see a little bit of silt. Um, but that's about what, it. it. What was, was really bang. great was there were a couple of coves that we paddled into right after bass boats left, and we went in and I caught hammered fish. them. Hammered. Yes, nailed them. <laughs> and the best part is it there was, was a guy. It's, it's there was a, a great boater. Feeling. There was a boater not a hundred yards away. And I could hear them talking, and I threw out, and I hooked the bass, brought it in, unhooked it, dropped it back in, threw it right back in the same spot, hooked another one, brought it back in, and they got in the boat, and they left. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. guys, you know. And, and I had three or four more bites after that, but I missed them. You know, and then that's it. I'm telling you guys, if you catch one bass, you know, and, and I kind of – this is this is where you get into the tournament side of me, and this is how I kind of fault – uh, with my reports and my video, I do apologize, guys. I really do, but I get in I get in tournament mode when I start getting bass, and I immediately unhook and drop and cast because I want to keep that that you know that bite going, you know. Because if you can light up a school, literally a minute and a half is an eternity for a bass, okay. And in a minute and a half, they could, they could come absolutely crazy, want every bait, and then turn off again within a minute. And you know you, and it just really takes a. It takes me a little bit to to get into the the mood, but uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, now that so, we know, we can really do better better the next time. So I I, I kind of got to give my my buddy props. Um, we we have the access where we went because of a former coworker of mine, and he thought we'd still be out on the water at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And before he left, he, he owns a house down there that has uh, access to the private side. And, of course, because of that, I, I have access to his pass to get into the ramp. Right. Um, and he, he fully expected us to still be out fishing. Still expected us to be out fishing, because, too. Yeah, <laughs> because, because Zach... Had to had had to get back and had to be off the water because of prior commitments and work and everything else. At two o'clock, we're off the water, and here comes my buddy Sandy coming straight down. And Zach and uh, Mark both got to meet Sandy, the guy who graciously let us use his pass to uh, access. So I just give I got to give Sandy a shout out right now, saying thanks, thanks, dude, because it yeah. rocked. It was a good time. You know, and and it this is really important for me is going not only fishing this past weekend, but fishing in two weeks on Anna again, because I have a tournament in April on that lake, and the tournament has a designation that you cannot go to the warm side. There is a way of going through a bunch of areas. It's a long way to get to the warm side, but the tournament has designated you know uh, the one dike that you had to pass through as a no fishing zone. So I had to fish the cold side. Great thing is, is in April, what, I, what I'm finding now, I should be finding over there at that yep. time. 
Yep. So exactly. it's very important for me, for my pre-fishing, for me to have that knowledge, for me to be prepared to go into it, to did, be ready. Did we mention water temperatures at all? I'm about ready to do that right we now. We haven't. Okay. The water ah. temps there were amazing. Okay. <laughs> so we're talking. So I we was launched the only 55 one. degrees. We launched in 55 degree water, and Jeff was the only one with the fish finder that could find out the temps. When so we I would be, got, I, I'd, I'd be sitting there a hundred yards away. Jeff, what's the temperature? And I'd have to holler back across the lake what the temperature was. <laughs> yeah, and, it was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we, we launched somewhere in the neighborhood of 55, 56 degrees because I, 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 I shoot through hulls, so it takes a while for that initial temperature to stabilize. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, so we were somewhere in the neighborhood of 55, 56 degrees when we launched. Um, by the time we got down to that bridge, which is right which is coming off the which is right next to the canal coming off the cooling pond. Um we were in sixty five degree water. Yeah. In February. You can't complain which is just about that killer. one bit. Absolutely killer. Um, you know, and that 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 really matters. And that that's where, you know, coming into it for next for for, for my next tournament. Uh I've got a tournament on Bugs Island in this month now. Yeah, it is March now, isn't it? Or February still. Um in pretty much a month I have a tournament on Bugs Island which is completely different than Anna. But my goal is for Anna to actually slaughter the bass because I'm gonna have that knowledge ahead of time. I know what the bass over there are doing, so the bass over there over on the other side should be doing. Plus the other side I know very well. I know where the flats are. I know where that wood is. I know where I can slaughter them, and that's going to be a humongous advantage. Man, I'm really looking fishing, uh, looking forward to fishing Lake Anna with you guys this year. Dude. My family actually owns a house on the cold side over there. So. Nice, man. Yeah, so yeah, there's a possibility so, that me, uh, it me, might be a crash spot. Let me, uh, let, me, let me say a little something about the warm side and the cold side. The warm side is consistent. You can catch fish on the warm side year-round. The warm side is also smaller. You want the yes. big trophy bucket mouth toad fish, you need to be on the cold side. There, Those fish exist on the warm side, but chances of you catching them are about me and... Uh, Sister Mary Margaret hooking up on a date, you know. Um, so if you want the if if you if you are a trophy fisher and you want nothing but five pound plus bass, don't even bother. Don't even bother trying to get permission to fish the warm side because that's not what you're going to find there. You are going to find consistent fishing. Um, I, I think our average. I'd say our average fish was a pound, a pound and a half. But we caught almost, between the three of us, almost 20 of them in, what, seven to two, uh, seven to 1,400. That's seven hours. It's seven hours on the water of us doing some relatively hard fishing. You know, almost 20 between three of us. That, that's really right. not bad. No, and, but and they're smaller fish. 
and going back and, and looking at it, you know, we didn't get the pattern down until 10, 11 o'clock. And that's when I went on that six, seven fish, you know, flurry. Um, but now that I know what they are keying in on, what they need, I can go back and hit those spots that we had taps and knew where the bass were and just smack them. Oh, yeah, I, I guarantee you if, if if we went if we had an identical weekend this if if the weather and the conditions were the same I I wouldn't put it past us to double or triple what we caught now that we know the power oh, now that we know where they're at but it it was it was the hardest part of Sunday was what do they want where are they at and the wind that was really oh the yeah, wind. You, we oh, really the wind couldn't. was ridiculous. Don't we, the the whole wacky rig thing around around the boat docks? Like I I, I got lucky with the ten inch fish because I just happened to toss it at the right at the right time and catch it. Because right. you could not you could not fish something slowly. You you I I. I posted something on Facebook or a comment to a friend or something where this is this is kind of how it went. You would cast, paddle back into position, then you would retrieve, and then you would paddle back into position again to cast, and it was a rinse and repeat because the wind was blowing so hard. By the time you cast and got ready to retrieve, you were already out of position and had to get back up in there with it while the slack was still in your line before it pulled the lure out of position. Right. You know, and, and looking back on it, you know, next time we go, I'm going to be prepared anyway. I'm going to have an anchor <coughs> or, or a drag chain release, just something to slow me down so I can't do it. I had a drift anchor in the front of my kayak. <laughs> you know, something like that. Would have been, would have been great to have. Um, yeah, but now, but, you again, know, new lake, new new experience. You know, for a lot of us, and you know, granted, I, I've only fished Lakeana from a bass boat, so that's a completely different animal. But now I see what I need. I see what's there. I can go back into Anna, just like my lakes down here. You know, uh, uh, Lake Bradford, Lake Smith, Lake Prince, Cahoon. All these lakes that I know down here, like the back of my hand, you know, where I've got I've got a box for Lake Smith, I've got a box for, you know, Cahoon and Prince, and, and you know, because I know what works there, I know how to catch them, and I can go in there using that box and just, you know, put <clears throat> if it's a it's a if it's a five bass tournament, um, I had one last year on Cahoon, I put 26 pounds on the scale. Because I fished it so much, I know it's there. I know it's the bass keying on, and now I know it's how they're going to do it. At, you know, this time, I hope they're ready for it because I want to be coming like a vengeance. Also, with that, you know, not showing up early in the morning, because the key was that sun. When that sun got up a little bit higher, they could really see the bait better. I think that was really a key. Plus, it kind of warmed up the bottom too, which allowed them to come up. Even if your water temps are in the 60s, that bottom is still, you know pushing a lot of heat throughout the night, cools off, needs that sun to warm it back up a little bit for them to move up. But again, 
coming back in two weeks, we're going to have all the we're going to have all the um, puzzle pieces pretty much put together. A few more things, and I think that you know we could walk away with a lot of big bass. Um, you know, so baits that I'm going to bring next time. Let's break this down. Baits, lipless cranks. Um, I'm going to bring them. Uh, look with a vengeance. I'm going to bring a whole bunch. Um, another bait that I had really good success on was a chatter bait, um, <clears throat> and then that was key uh, as well to find some fish, you know, throughout the day. I'm going to bring some different spare baits. I've got a few that I, I didn't throw that I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt for, um, but for there there were areas where spinner bait would have been perfect that I didn't throw it. Swim bait. Hollow body swim bait. I am going to have that rigged and ready to kick within a moment's notice because, again, there were areas that I wish I would have thrown the swim bait. I wish I would have thrown a weightless fluke. And now I know what I see. Now I know what's there. I know what I need can on, and that's something that I can go and, and, and throw it with success. Um, Jeff, do you have any baits that you're going to bring next time that you didn't throw this time or, or change things up with? You know, I think I'm gonna. I I had I had my. You know, I would start out with a lipless crank, one a lipless crankbait tied on, and that ended up being the ultimate producer that day for everybody. Right. And You know, you you commented something when we got back to got back to the launch of uh, a uh, fluke, a, a, a pearl color or white colored fluke, which I had, and had I pulled my head out of my uh, third point of contact, I would have realized that. They want it fast. I can I can throw a uh, a fluke on there, and I can fish a weightless fluke at any depth I want, fast or slow. Right. And it would have clicked, but I I was so hung on that. I, I guess that's one of my biggest downfalls when it comes to fishing is I see something that works. And I, I've caught a fish on it. I've caught I've caught more than one fish on it. I know this is a proven tactic, and I I don't like to veer from it. You know what I mean? I think had had like you said when we got back, had you had a uh, some sort of fluke that you could have thrown a light colored fluke, we really could have done some damage. And I had it, and I knew we were fi- we were fishing light colors, and it it never clicked. It never clicked in my head to throw a fluke on it, through throw that light colored fluke on a drop shot, or throw that light colored fluke on a a weightless rig, or even a shaky head. You know. Yeah. But anyway, and that's something that. Bag. And that that's something that you know that fluke. You know, for those areas where we were hitting that weren't, where, you know, we catch one or two bass to really excite the school on those channel edges, we could have really have done well with that whole yeah. 
Yeah, and um, like I said, it, and that's that's my fault. That's my fault because I knew we were hitting light. I I I'm not an idiot. I I know, and oh, it just I, it's it's one of those things where I just want to beat my head against the wall because I didn't think about it. You know? Yeah, but like I said, we know what we need to do, and we'll 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 get on them next time. <laughs> but with that being said, um, we have gone past our hour. And um, we talked about colors and everything else, and I hope everyone learned something. Um, I just gave a big shout-out to all my personal sponsors, Orca Coolers, Jackson Kayaks. Hey, um, okay, hey let, me, let, me, let, me give, let me give a personal shout-out to one of your sponsors for you. Go ahead. Can I? Yeah. Bull Bay Rods. I fished a Bull Bay Rod for the very first time this weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I can't wait to fish a bull bay rod. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, absolutely phenomenal! So, bull bay rods, props to you, brothers, because it is a incredible piece of engineering. Nice. Yeah, I, you know, uh, can't say enough about my sponsors. It. <laughs> yeah, give me one second, man. Uh, bull bay, orca, Jackson, unfair lures, Tommy head jigs. Uh, could not do this without you guys. Thank you so much. Matt, go ahead. All right. Jackson Kayak. Why power the rest when you can paddle the best? And my new sponsor, Bending Branches Aquabomb Paddles. There you go. Yeah, there thank you, go. you. Thank you. You heard it. So with that being said, I'd like to thank Jeff for calling in. Dude, don't be a stranger. Um, oh, definitely not. Hey, and we'll make, we'll make pork chops for you again soon. Excellent. Um, <laughs> um, you know, dude, we're gonna we're gonna chat some more later. But uh, uh, thanks for being on the show, um, Maddie. Well, you know, dude, love having you on, dude. You're you're a humongous uh, asset, uh, and I uh, couldn't do this without you, bud. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. We're gonna get some uh, new intros pretty soon. So excellent. Yeah, excellent. be excited. <laughs> so with all that being said. You know the spiel, folks. Take kid fishing, get him in the outdoors hunting, and and turn them into an outdoor freak. Because if they're doing that, they're not doing other things that they shouldn't be. Changes the life. Okay. If you're true. out in the water, always wear your PFD. It does you no good if you're sinking and it's floating away. Oh, dude, let me let me just let me just throw this safety thing out there real quick. Go ahead. So while we while we were down on Lake Anna this weekend. An elderly man was out in his canoe with his two dogs. The weather was beautiful, right, on Sunday? Mm-hmm. He he went out there, he dressed. He dressed for the air temperatures, not for the water temperatures. His right. canoe swamped with his two dogs in it. One dog died. Other dog, who knows, he was in critical condition. They had to come in and airlift him. So please, everybody... <laughs> Weather's getting to that point where you're, it, it's warming up, and your air temperatures are going to be great, but your your, your water temperatures still going to be ice cold. Dress for your water temperatures, not your air temperatures. Yep, that's all I want to say. Definitely. And uh, so we talked about kids. We talked about safety. And the last thing, folks, if you're going to go out fishing this weekend, to remember to get your fish on, man. (laughs) 
Love it. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you next time on the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Good night, everybody. Later. Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out yachtangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource.